0: Good afternoon. Uh, this time of year, um, this late July, mid to late July period, um, is usually, uh, for a sports fan, the most boring time of the year beyond belief. Um, it's the it's the middle of the baseball season, and quite honestly, we don't have a baseball team around here, so a lot of people are just kind of like, I don't really care about that. Pro baseball, I'm a huge Astros fan, they're in first place. Everybody's boring, basically. That's how it's working right now. Um, but other than that, there's no other sports going on. Um, so what happens is, uh, my a lot of my pastime and when I'm driving from place to place is listening to sports radio or whatever. Um, what ends up happening is, is they have certain topics that typically kind of just fill in these dead seasons, right? Um, top ten players of all time or this the, the greatest games of all time. And this is the time of year whenever ESPN just starts showing replays of old games because there's nothing else to do, right? One of the arguments, one of the discussions that is without a doubt going to happen, and if you pay attention, you will see it if you're a sports fan, who's the greatest basketball player of all time? That's, that's going to be a question, and they always do this, right? They always try and compare these different generational teams, these different generational players, but ultimately it comes down to two options, Michael Jordan or LeBron James. And the answer is Michael Jordan, period, it's over. <laughs> Discussion over, no question, LeBron James, they, like, look, Le- LeBron James has made it to a bunch of finals, that's fine, but he loses most of them, J- Michael Jordan made it to six of them, and he won six, and then in the middle of his career, he decided, I'm going to go play baseball for a little while, he came back, and in a matter of a year, boom, he was right back in the finals and won three more, he's the best player of all of them, done, right? Conversation's over, it's finished, it's, it's easy, you're welcome, now you can change the channel, you don't have to listen to Sports Talk Radio ever again, Right? The reason why I say that there's always a case to be made and you you get people that are, they're arguing over something that's absolutely stupid and absolutely pointless and for two months at a time they're just gonna scream about it until it's football season and they start screaming about who should be in the top ten. Right? But it's a dumb topic that they continue to bring back up over and over and over and they always want to point out what's the example? What's the silver bullet? What's the trump card that says that Michael Jordan is a better player than LeBron James or LeBron James is a better player than Michael Jordan. Right? This is what always happens. It's like prove to me with your sign. There's your bridge, <laughs> right? Today's gospel, the people are looking at Jesus and they're saying we want to see a sign. Give us evidence that you are who you say you are. Give us the clear evidence. Do something for us right now that's going to prove to us that you are who you say you are. And Jesus says, this is a wicked generation that looks for a sign. And no sign will be given except the sign of Jonah. Now the reason why I bring that up is because sometimes we can miss what actually might have happened, what actually is going on with the book of Jonah. Jonah is this prophet. He's an angry little prophet. He's one that doesn't want to be a prophet. And he's being called and sent by God to go speak to the people of Nineveh. Now, if you know the cultural background, Jonah's people and Nineveh's people don't like each other. Major, major cultural hatred between Jonah's people and Nineveh and the Ninevites. So, when God is saying, I want you to go speak to the Ninevites, he's being sent to a group of people that he has detested for his entire life. And God is saying, I want you to go talk to them. Jonah tries to run, and we hear what happens. He's, God says, I want you to go to Nineveh, and jo- Jonah goes the other way. He runs away from it. Essentially, what ends up happening is, they find him out, They have this he's on this ship, he's sailing away from Nineveh, and as he's sailing away from Nineveh, a storm hits, the people realize this guy is the source of our problems, God's punishing us because of him, so they throw him overboard, and a fish eats him. The fish eats them and spits them up where? On the shore of Nineveh. Because you don't run away from God. He's going to find a way. Right? The sign, though, that we hear about is that Jonah spent three days in the whale, or three days in the fish. And that's the same sign that Jesus will take. That's the only sign that this generation will get from Jesus. Every time I've ever heard that story of Jonah, it, it's always going, I've always gone back to like the image in Pinocchio of Pinocchio being in the belly of the whale, right? And living and doing his thing, and then all of a sudden he gets out. But there's nothing that tells us that Jonah was alive when he was eaten. In fact, in looking at today's Gospel and looking at the Old Testament, it would actually probably suggest that Jonah died and was resurrected in Nineveh for all to hear the message of repentance. How much fuller of a sign are we talking about if Jesus is going to die, spend three days in the belly of the earth, and then rise and not just go back to the Jews, to His people, but also to the very people that killed Him, the Gentiles. The beautiful thing is is that for us, on this side of the resurrection, on this side of the New Testament, that God continues to reveal to us His signs, His sacraments. He continues to communicate to us His grace. And He continues to call us into a deeper and deeper experience and relationship with Him. The Lord, by resurrecting, has communicated His Gospel, has communicated His message of hope to every one of us. That we could have a hope of being in Heaven. A hope of a resurrection as well. A hope of eternal grace, and happiness with Him. Today, we're given a sign, a small sign, but a sign, nevertheless, in the Eucharist of what we're being invited to for all eternity. Today, we get a foretaste, an appetizer, if you will, of that communion that God is continuing to call us into. Let us not be one let us not be like the the people speaking to Jesus today who are looking for a sign out and about. But instead let us come to the sign that truly feeds us and is truly fulfilled. That today we can receive Him and be drawn closer to our Lord. Amen.